Talked. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. Today we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, and we want to talk today about don't spread your faith too thin. Let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come right now and bring illumination into these scriptures that we are going to examine. And we thank you that the entrance of these scriptures into our heart will bring light. And so, Father, help us to make application of what we learn and help us to apply it in our daily living. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's all agree and say amen. Now, we have the story of blind Bartimaeus. I want to pull out one nugget from just two scriptures, but it's very important to understand the dynamic exchange that took place between them, because it could have gone in many different directions, but it went in the right direction. Now, verse 46 now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples at a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. So Bartimaeus, he is blind. He's also financially impoverished due to the circumstances associated with his primary condition of blindness. And he has many things stacked against him. But thank God for what faith in God can do. Now we know that he heard about Jesus and we know that faith comes by hearing. So obviously heard reports about the great miracles, signs and wonders happening in the ministry of Jesus. And that were many uh, were even proclaiming that this man is the Messiah. This man is the son of David that we've been waiting for, for a long, long time. He's here. And Bartimaeus, although he was blind, he believed those reports. And it just so happens that Jesus is going right past him. Coming his direction is going to go right past him. So the opportunity is there. And you always want to be ready for those moments of divine opportunity where the atmosphere suddenly becomes ripe for miracles. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now, outside of that miraculous atmosphere, we know as believers to live your normal everyday living experience in faith. So you're walking by faith. But it is true. There are special moments when the glory can manifest, when uh, there is a grace from God that's released. And certainly you want to go through that open door. So we can work this from both avenues, the daily living of faith and walking in what we would call general faith. And also when you have opportunity for the extraordinary. Now we know that Bartimaeus is going to be made aware that Jesus is passing by. You have the massive crowds. Everybody's, you know, loud and worked up, but he's more worked up and he's calling out for the Lord. And eventually the Lord stops and he calls Bartimaeus, who is completely blind, to come to him. Verse 50, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Well, throwing aside the garment we know as a blind person means that you're never going to find it if this doesn't work. He's not concerned about that because he knows it is going to work, and he already knows he's never going to need this thing again. That is the maturity of faith. And so often, 
when there is a miracle that is involved, there is often a stepping off point, and you go, you go on with the Lord even before the shift has actually happened, and that's what he's done. He's thrown aside his garment. The garment was a permit, a legal permission that gave him the right to beg, because you couldn't beg unless you were actually authorized to do that, and it was validated that you had something wrong with you, and thus you were given the official beggar's garment. It's not just like an old piece of clothing that was worthless. It was a beggar's garment, which meant you had permission to beg, praise the Lord. Now, he gets rid of that, verse 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Now, in life, as a believer, as a child of God, you operate in what I would call general faith. And we know, even from the Old Testament, that when you boiled it all down, as several of the prophets realized it comes down to this, the just shall live by faith. And the Apostle Paul, writing with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he picks it back up also. And uh, that's into the new covenant now. How do we operate? Well, the just shall live by faith. That is your general faith of operating in your daily life. And your life is multi-compartmental. You have facets of your life. So what you have to do is you use your general faith, your faith in God, your faith in His Word, the promises of God to move your life forward, uh, to move your career field forward, to move your marriage forward, to move everything forward, you know, relationships forward, everything. When everything moves forward, you want everything being conformed more into the image of Christ, and your life is a package deal. So it's not like you can just focus on one area. You have to focus on various areas, and so you want to move everything pertaining to your life forward into the wisdom of God, into the maturity of Christ. And you do that through what we would call basic general faith. Praise the Lord. Now, along the journey of life, as I'm sure you've noticed, you sometimes are made glaringly aware that there's something missing from your life that you would really like. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, maybe something that you need. Now, technically, we could say that, well, you know, Bartimaeus, you're, you're having a hard time, but technically, you're still making it. You're, you're still alive. You haven't starved to death. Maybe you don't get a bath very often, and maybe you don't eat very good food. Uh, but you know what? You're, you're still alive and kicking. Well, that is true. But life as a believer was never meant to be identified as survival. God wants you blessed. Praise God. So you do have these times where you think, you know what? There's something in my life that I would like. And maybe it is a need, such as a very dire need for healing, something that sh uh, should it happen, it would dramatically alter your life for the better. So, Yes, that, that could be a, a primary request, a primary desire. And sometimes you also have these other things that just seem to be something that's in the way God made you. Uh, I, the, I believe the Bible describes it very beautifully in Psalm 37, verse 4, where it speaks about heart's desires. And those can be kind of hard to identify the 
origin of why do I desire that? Well, it's because God made you like that. And I believe that heart's desires in the context of that psalm are desires that God put it in you and you just you just want that or you have a desire for that and that would be pure it's from the Lord nothing wrong with that praise God so this would bring us from a category of general faith over into what we would now call specific faith praise God thank you Jesus mm-hmm. let's take a look at what happens here so Jesus answered and said to him what do you want me to do for you well it is true because I've read I've, I've read it before in theological I wouldn't call them manuals but theological dissertations and things like that there have been conferences of theologians that have gathered together to discuss and to talk back and forth with their with their friends who are also highly degreed which is good uh, concerning why would Jesus have made such a statement when he knows the guy's blind. I mean, why, why do you ask a blind man, what do you want me to do for you? And there have been uh, conventions literally held over that question. I think we can briefly touch the answer to that here in just a moment. But before we, we do that, because that's not really the focus. Before we do that, let's, let's stick on something unique here that takes place. What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Okay, are you ready for this? Here's what most Christians do. Let's say if you could take the average Christian who loves Jesus and is saved, washed with the blood of Christ, they're on their way to heaven. But let's say you could put them in a time machine, send them back in time, right around 2,000 years to the very day when Jesus was passing through this town. And uh, instead of Bartimaeus, you somehow got in, fr- in line in front of him. So maybe he's behind you, and you're in front of him, and you're standing before Jesus while he has his real earthly ministry, anointed with power of the Spirit, unlimited power. He was filled with the Spirit without measure. And let's say you stood there, and he said, to you, what do you want me to do for you? And you know he's got the anointing. Oh, you know he's got the power. You may wonder about certain ministers. You may wonder about me. But I'll tell you what, nobody in the body of Christ wonders about Jesus. Because they know he was filled with the Spirit without measure. So you know if there's any shortcoming, it's not on his behalf. It would be, it would be on the behalf of the person uh, who's trying to, you know, uh, work with the Lord on this situation. Now, this is very interesting again. He says, Rabboni, that I, I may receive my sight. Now, if you put the normal average Christian in the time machine again and send them back, and they're standing there in front of the Lord, you know what they do? You know, because I've, I've seen it happen over. I, I can't even tell you how many times I've seen it happen. Um, I don't know if I would say a thousand times, but... But um, it's up there. It's a lot. This is what most Christians would have done. They would have stand before the Lord. Jesus would have said, what do you want me to do for you? And this is immediately what they start doing. Lord, I have scoliosis. Lord, I have arthritis. Lord, I have uh, migraine headaches. 
Lord, I also have financial problems. Lord, I've got marital problems. And Lord, I also have stomach issues. And Lord, also, I can't sleep at night. And before you know it, before you realize it, they have presented to the Lord a list this long <laughs> Woo! of all the things they want the Lord to do. Mm. Wow. Fascinating, isn't it? So Jesus asked him, what does he do? Does Bartimaeus pull out a list? Kind of like what we would call the Santa Claus list. You know how it is on Christmas when young children, maybe young children who uh, still haven't come to the reality that Santa Claus is just fictional. Anyhow, so they go to the mall or somewhere, somewhere and they, they make their presentation to Santa Claus and they have a what? Usually a list. Let me ask you a question. How many children have you ever overheard in their conversations with Santa? How many of them have you ever heard express to Santa the desire for one thing? Very, very few. Usually there's a list. And oftentimes the list, I mean, you're talking like they've, they're prepared before they go. They've got like 31 different things, maybe 47 different things on that list. And they sit there and they read them off to Santa. And, uh, you know, the Santa character pretends that he hears and he listens. And, uh, you know, that's it. You had your visit with Santa. You presented your list. And how many of you know it just doesn't work like that? Now, let's shift away from Santa Claus because he's fictional and get back into reality. We know that God could answer every single thing. Let's say there's 57 different things from a toe ache to sinusitis to a backache to, you know, uh, financial problems, whatever. You and I both know God could just whoop flush that list and answer every single thing on there. But how often have you ever seen that happen? Not that it couldn't happen because it has happened. It has happened. But is that the normal way in which the flow usually works? I would say no, not from what I've seen. And in so many meetings where I would ask for a prayer healing line because I want to pray over the people that are sick. I, I'll have the line formed and I've been, you know, I've been in prayer and I've gotten prayed up and sought the Lord for his uh, healing anointing. So I'm ready to go. Okay. So now we have a long line. Okay. So I get to somebody and I, and I ask them, what do you want the Lord Jesus to do for you? Very, very rarely is it ever one thing. Uh, often, Often, I mean, it's, it's literally like a Santa Claus list. Here it comes. Uh, Pastor Stephen, I've got, uh, I've got a back problem. Uh, I also had a horse kick me in the head when I was a child. I, I don't think right. Uh, I fell off an ATV. And I've, my, I've injured my ribs. And, I, and it just goes on and on. And I, I'm not critiquing that. But here's, here's a question to the person. Do you actually think that if we ask God to do that, do you actually have faith to believe he's going to heal all of that right now. Well, uh, no, no, not really, Pastor Stephen. That, and that's the truth. They really 
don't have faith that the Lord's just going to check off everything on that list. Michael, Archangel, go do that one. Gabriel, go take care of that one. And he starts calling angels in. Knock them out. One, two, three, four. Do it all. Do it all. <laughs> and sends like 87 angels. Whoosh, and they just fix everything. Fix everything. But I have seen that when they're in the line, they, they don't believe that God's going to do all of that. Well, Pastor Stephen, um, where do we go? What, what do we do? How about this? Why don't we start with one? How, how about we start with one thing? Okay, that makes sense. How about that, right? Because think about it. If God can heal one, and we can use our faith and trust in God's power and trust what God said that, that by his stripes we were healed and we can exercise faith. If God can heal it once, could he not do it again for the second need? Yes. Okay. So here's something I found out many years, many years ago when I was working in the plumbing field and Kelly's father, he was a master plumber. Now, of course, he's not, he's retired, doesn't do that anymore, but he was a master plumber for about 40 years. And he taught me what I knew about plumbing when I worked with him out on the plumbing field. But I, I'll be honest, when I worked with him, uh, we had a van full of tools. Uh, actually, we had vans. We had tools and this van had all these tools and this van had all these tools. And then we had, we had all kinds of specialty tools from jet sweats to uh, heavy saws to cut through commercial stuff, to, you know, cast iron cutting chains and all kinds of stuff like that. Fun stuff. But I couldn't believe when I watched him work, his name was Bill. When I watched him work, I couldn't believe how many things he fixed with a screwdriver. What screwdriver? I mean, uh, I'd think, well, you know, bring the whole toolkit. And, I, you know, we'd bring some tools and stuff like that. But, I, I mean, just like over and over again, I just couldn't believe how many things he would just fix with a plain screwdriver. Oh, we, we had everything else under the sun. We had, <laughs> we had van loads of stuff. We could bring any kind of gear out to fix anything, big, small, whatever, you know, residential or large commercial stuff. But I, getting back to it again, I was just stunned how many things he could just fix with the screwdriver and then walk away from it, and it's fixed. Didn't need anything else. Wow. He's a master plumber. Really, really good. Now, he could do all the technical stuff, too. He could do plumbing brain surgery type stuff. But um, most of the jobs really didn't need that. So I realized that faith is the same way. You can take it like a screwdriver. If the screwdriver can fix this problem, well, you have another problem over here, and the same tool will work for it, where you can come over here and fix that. So if our faith will work once, would it not work twice? Hmm. Let's ask a question. Was the only need that Bartimaeus had, was that only need that he had, was it just to be healed from his eyes? I think he had a lot of other issues. I think he was financially in destitution. I think he, uh, he had the, the mental agony of separation from family and friends. And uh, I just think, you know, he's, he's missed out on society. He can't do what other people do. He's He's been given the short end of the deal, as we would say. And so there's, a prob there's probably a lot of unfulfilled areas of his heart that he sits there and he just says, well, I, I, can't, I can't satisfy these areas that I would like to experience. But when he comes before the Lord and the Lord says, what is it you want me to do for you? 
he doesn't pull out a Santa Claus list. He goes right for the number one thing. Okay, so I've learned that. So if I'm in a prayer line, and I'm praying and ministering to people, and I ask them, what is it that you want the Lord to do for you? And so many of them, maybe they just got off the time machine. <laughs> so many of them, uh, yeah, so that they went and visited the Lord 2,000 years ago in the time machine. Now they're back. Now they're, they're in my line, and they're still doing it. Pastor Stephen, I need this, 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 this. And they don't do it like that, but they start saying the list. It's not a written list, but it's a list written upon uh, their heart, and they have all of these things that they're wanting the Lord to do. So I say, well, let's start with one. And you know what some of them say? Which one? <laughs> Can you believe that? As if their life is my life. I'm like, well, hey, it's your life. You, you have to make that choice. <laughs> uh, woo! Is that not a fascinating element of the nature and the character of God? And again, let's go back to an unanswered question about the theological conventions. Why would Jesus ask a blind man, uh, what is it that you would like for me to do for you? Knowing that the guy's blind, I mean, can he tell? Well, of course Jesus can tell. The, the root of that context comes down to the, to this. God's not moved by your need. I talk about this a lot. He's compassionate. He sees your need. He would love to meet your need, but he's not moved by your need. Even if you stand before him and you're stone cold blind, he sees that he has power to heal. Don't doubt it for a moment, but your need doesn't move God. Your faith moves God. So depending on what Bartimaeus desires and has faith to release for is what he's going to get. And if Bartimaeus, as a blind man, would have stood there, and the Lord said, what is it you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I injured my toe. Uh, I couldn't see where I was going because I'm blind, and I, I walked right into a wall, and when I did that, I kind of stubbed my foot into the wall really hard, and I've injured my toe. Jesus, I'm asking you right now, please heal my toe. I believe you're the Son of David, the Messiah of the world. Jesus, heal my toe. Do you know what have happened? The Lord would have healed his toe, and Bartimaeus would have walked away blind. Oh, I don't know about that, Pastor Stephen. Well, then you don't know about basic, simple principles of what moves God into action. Mm -hmm. See, we can have all kinds of ideas and all kinds of, it's this, it's that, and, but it's laid out in the Word, and it's really quite plain. Praise the Lord. So, uh, Bartimaeus... Let's look at him just for a moment. He did the right thing. He didn't pull out a list, but trust me, I think you and I both know he probably could have produced quite an extensive list, far beyond any kind of list we could create. I mean, this guy's blind, sitting on the ground begging. I'm sure he could put out a quite long list, but he didn't do that. He went for that number one thing. Well, Pastor Stephen, um, if I stood before the Lord and he asked me that, uh, what, what am I supposed to bring up as this number one thing? Let me, let me say something that you need to really take this to heart. God doesn't decide for you what that is. Okay, so for Bartimaeus, he decided that he wanted Jesus to heal him. God didn't decide that for him. And he won't decide it for you either. Mm. 
Mm. Well, Pastor Stephen, that, in, that, that infers that I've got some thinking to do. Yes, a very dangerous thing for some people who don't seem to do very much of it on their own. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. You have to think. You have to sit down. You have to talk it over with the Lord, and you have to look at Scripture and meditate on it, and you have to form within your heart what you want. God's not going to do it for you, and he didn't do it for Bartimaeus. And if you're in the healing line, coming through the healing line, I'm not going to do it for you either. Well, I just don't know. I just don't know. Well, then you probably should just go and just pull back for a moment, sit down, and try to identify that. Because if you don't know, what are you going to get? You're, you can't receive. Why? Because you don't even know what you're receiving. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, just go for the whole slew of things. Knock them all out. Here's the list. Here's the Santa list. But, but we know that it usually doesn't work like that. So start with that one thing. Stay on that. Now, again, we're not talking about general faith where you're moving the whole process of your life forward. You're moving the package of your life forward. No, we're talking about special things. I would call them specific targets, something you really want God to, to do in your life. Could you live without it? Yeah. I mean, I, I can live without air conditioning, but I sure like air conditioning. I could, I could, um, I could live without seafood, but I, I like seafood. I could live without Italian food, but I like that too. I could actually live without shoes. I mean, I could walk around. Maybe I could become the barefoot preacher, but I'd rather have shoes. So if there's something that is absent from your life, but you feel like this would add a lot of value and happiness to my life if I could have this thing, then by all means, use specific faith to target that and pull it into your life and, uh, and bring it into your life for the glory of God. Praise the Lord. But you're going to have to decide what that is. And when you do, when you do, you're going to have to stay on it. Praise God. You're going to have to stay on it. Thank you, Jesus. Don't spread your faith too thin with a list of 87 things. And you're, you're scattered. One day you're in this, one day you're in that. And you just got this giant list and you're, you don't know what's what. No, you're going to have to be very focused and be careful that you don't spread your faith too thin. Bartimaeus didn't do that. He was very focused. I would say that his faith was like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. For those of you that enjoy that type of uh, high quality food, praise God. And he just took some bread and he put the jelly on and then he put the peanut butter on real thick, real, real thick. Don't spread it on thin, spread it on real, real thick. Praise God. Because here's what will happen. If, if you spread your faith out too thin, then the quality of your faith plummets. I mean, big time. It, it'll just, it'll plummet. Let me give you an example. Many years ago, the, the wonderful minister, Prophet Kenneth Hagen, he talked about the time his wife, Aretha, came to him and said, Kenneth, I want you to pray and use your faith because he was a man of faith. Praise God. She said, I want you to pray and ask God and use your faith for drapes for the windows because they didn't have any. And he said, he said, Aretha, 
He said, I would love for us to have some drapes for the windows here in our home. It would certainly look a lot better. But he said, my faith right now is like a clothesline. How many of you remember back in the old days before uh, washers and dryers, uh, you would wash the clothes by hand, and then you would hang it out on a clothesline, and on a nice sunny day, the sun would dry your clothes. And, you know, I kind of grew up th uh, that in a rural area, and I still remember my grandmother putting all the clothes, uh, even when they had dryers, she didn't want one. She'd rather just take it outside, hang stuff up on the clothesline, and let the sun dry it, uh, which I thought was a lot of work, but whatever made her happy. But Kenneth Hagin said, Aretha, my faith is like a clothesline, and if I hang one more thing on it, the whole thing is going to collapse. In other words, the specific assignment, the faith project that God had for him, and the, the school of ministry, and the focus of that, and everything else that would be associated with the calling that God had for him, was demanding 100% of his faith focus. And he said, he said, you know what? He said, I want you to use your faith, and I want you to exercise faith and trust God, ask God, and believe God for the window drapes. And she said, okay. And you know what? She did. She trusted God. She asked God for window drapes and used her faith. And somehow, uh, God blessed them with a the provision extra, you know, beyond their normal means, extra to go out and get the uh, window drapes. Isn't that nice? But see, it's very dangerous to spread your faith too thin because you're going to end up like the little kid with the huge list in front of Santa, and then underneath the tree on Christmas morning, maybe there's going to be two or three boxes, maybe just one. <laughs> Woo! What happened to the other 87? I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. If you spread your faith too thin, the quality of it will be diminished, and it's not going to perform the way that you want it to. Um, I used to live in Southern California. I lived there for 10 years, met my wife there, and, uh, you know, had a wonderful time while we lived there before moving out to North Carolina. Uh, and as much as I love North Carolina and the unique blueness that we have to our skies, and, you know, we've got the mountains about 30 minutes away, we've got the beach, the Atlantic Ocean, you know, about uh, four and a half hours away, and we have nice weather, not too hot, not too cold. And as much as I like it here, I have to admit, there is one thing I wish we had, but we don't have it, and, and maybe never will. Now, I can still, I can still get along. It's okay. It's not, it's not something that's a, a necessity, but it is nice that there in that part of the, of the nation on the western side of the country, they have what I'm sure many of you are familiar with, which is called the In-N-Out Burger. Raise your hand and say, praise the Lord, if you know what I'm talking about. It's really good. And I know that somebody might say, well, hey, isn't that just a hamburger restaurant? How could a hamburger be that good? You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Strangest thing in the world, my wife and I the other day saw a vehicle here, here in our county with an In-N-Out Burger sticker on it. We thought that's the most unusual thing in the world. That must mean somebody knows about that. And uh, you, you usually don't see something like that around here. Just like here in the, in the hill country of North Carolina, you don't, see, you don't see surfer people. It's just, it would be extremely rare. And so we were going uh, into a store and came out of the store the other day, me and Kelly. And there was that vehicle parked there that had the In-N-Out Burger sticker on it. 
and there was the, the owner standing next to the vehicle. And we struck up a conversation and said, hey, we noticed your sticker. Uh, did you, you, are you from California? He goes, no, I'm from here. But he said, um, I like going out to California, and I discovered In-N-Out Burger. And I like it so much that I put the sticker on my uh, back of my vehicle here in North Carolina. <laughs> oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Stephen, how come we can't have one here? Surely, if we call corporate office and we begin a letter-writing campaign, they'll get them out here too. No, they can't. And there's a reason for that is because there would be a direct loss of quality if they ever extended this far out. Now, the In-N-Out Burger chain can only be experienced in California, Nevada, Arizona, Utah, Texas. They did reach to Texas. That's pretty cool. And Oregon. And if you don't live in those, what is that, one, two, three, four, five, six states, then you would just have to travel to one of those states if you ever wanted to experience it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The reason why they have to keep the store within the confines of those states, at least for now, and that's as far as they've been able to expand for having been in business for decades, is that because there's nothing in the entire restaurant that's frozen. There's nothing that's frozen. Everything's made fresh. Everything's, you know, cut and done on a daily basis and put together on a daily basis, and they cannot extend their supply chain all the way out to North Carolina without it breaking policy, which is we're not going to have all this frozen stuff. So they can't, they can't get it out of here. It's, it's too far away. And you know what? They may, may never make it out here. But that is a decision that they made that we're not going to sacrifice the high standard of quality that everybody knows, everybody likes, and they've come to expect. We're not going to lower that just so that we can spread out and, uh, you know, you know, just go all these different places. They could, but they would lose the quality and then they would lose that uniqueness that makes people who know what it is talk about it all over the country. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So the same thing could happen to your faith. If you have this giant list, and I'm not saying you don't have needs, but if you have this giant list and you're just, you're all over the board, I want this specific thing, I want that target, I want this specific thing, you got all this stuff, um, you're going to spread yourself too thin and your faith quality will go down, so I bring it back again. If you're in the healing line, what's the number one thing that you need to be healed from? Let's start there. And then you would have to let me know what that is, because I don't know. I, that's not my responsibility. Neither is it the Lord's. If you have a certain desire, something that you're, you're targeting, uh, you're the one that has to make that target. And if you do, God will honor that. But he's not going to do that for you. So you have to be the one that says, Lord, my eyesight, like Bartimaeus, I want my eyes healed. Okay. All right. Very specific. Very specific. He said that I may receive my sight. You have to be like that, and then you, you can't spread yourself real thin. All, you know, so three days later, well, you know, I really did want my eyes to be healed, but you know what? I, you know, maybe, maybe I just need to go after something else instead. No, you need to be very, very focused. Why are certain targeted prayer requests endlessly prolonged because of a broken focus of faith? Something's breaking that focus. And so you have to get really dialed in 
and you have to stay on that and keep that quality level high, high. How do you do that? Stay on one thing until it's done. Push it, push it, push it. Meditate the word day and night. Pray, push it, push it. Well, what about all these other things? Hey, look, you get that done, the same faith that pulls that in, it'll work on the other, on the other stuff too. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, and Pastor Stephen Bartimaeus, I mean, that was his opportunity. He should have told the Lord, look, I need you to heal my eyes. Uh, I'm homeless. I need, a, I need a house. Oh, by the way, I don't have any money after, after you pray for me. And I need you to go with me to open a bank account. And then after that, you know, I, 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 I'm going to need a car. And he didn't do that. He didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Now, again, use your general faith to move the uh, whole life experience of your life forward. But if you want the special things, and we, uh, we all have those areas where God has put that in us, okay, then you're going to have to really uh, target it, focus on it, and stay on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And if you do that, if you do that, you'll find Jesus passing by you just like he did Bartimaeus. It just, it just works out. It always does because God orchestrates this. So stay, stay dialed in. Mm -mm. Don't spread your faith too thin. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Glory to God. Keep the quality high. Woo! You're going to get it. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you for your people. Let them pull it in. Let them identify it. Let them identify it, not you. Let them identify it. Father, we praise you. We give you all the glory. We thank you that you honor our faith. You honor what we choose and what we focus on. We thank you, Father, and we believe that you're going to do a miracle. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Maybe you want to get a picture, cut a picture of it out. And that doesn't mean you need to show everybody, but you yourself, you need to see it. Stay on it. Lord, you're going to do it. Lord, the miracle's happening. Mm, Jesus, I praise you. Hallelujah. Mm, and you've got scriptures. You've got scriptures to kind of, you know, back it up and fuel that faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, you do that. Uh, uh, it's a done deal before it even happens, and it will happen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. If you're watching today's program and you've never released your faith in Christ as Lord and Savior, everything, every blessing begins at that point. If you would like to receive the Lord as your Savior right now, pray this prayer. Pray it out loud right now. Just pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But Jesus, you died to redeem sinners. So Jesus, I give you my life. Wash me with your precious blood. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. Come into my life and take control from this day forward. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior now. Thank you for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. And Amen. Praise God. Welcome to the family of God. Those of you that would uh, maybe you have backslidden from the Lord. You used to have a beautiful walk with the Lord, but the, wor the world allured you back out there and you went away. Come back right now. Say this. Say, Jesus, forgive me for having drifted away. I'll never let it happen again. Jesus, forgive me. 
Restore me to a right relationship with you. In your name, I pray. Amen. Glory to God. And the word of God is the solid rock on which we stand. Hallelujah. Glory God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's take holy communion together today. If you've never done this before and you're a believer in Christ, grab some unleavened bread. I like to use these little bitty wafers, these little crackers. And the reason is unleavened is because leaven uh, throughout Scripture has been a type of sin. So it's unleavened bread representing the body of Christ. And in the cup we have some grape juice. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. And we pray over it, and Jesus said that when we take it, we are receiving his body, and we're receiving his blood. And we thank you, Father, that when we look at it, it's the form, uh, the body and blood is in the form of bread and juice. But we thank you that we are receiving by faith the body and the blood of our Savior. So, Father, as we receive his, his flesh, we thank you that we believe your promises. Lord, let us be like Bartimaeus, specific, on point unwavering and very very focused on the primary thing we thank you you'll take care of all the other stuff as well but we've got to get the main thing done and we thank you father god that we will not spread our faith too thin we give you praise in jesus name amen let us receive thank you lord father thank you for the blood of jesus we thank you for the pure and holy blood of Jesus, washing us clean, uh, clean and free from all sin. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we give you praise. We thank you. We thank you, Father God, that we're on our way to heaven. Lord, uh, anoint us with your spirit. Let us be full of faith, full of your word, meditating on it day and night. We thank you, Father, that you are the joy of our life. We thank you. We give you praise in the name of your son, Jesus. We pray. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. You identify that thing and stay on it. Praise the Lord. Talk to the Lord about it. You release your faith on it. And you, like Bartimaeus, the next thing you'll know, you'll be receiving your miracle as well. Until next time, stay blessed. God bless you. Bye-bye.